This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Elevate every morning with Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear. The luxurious support of Second Skin guarantees everything will go smoothly. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Shop Tommy John's friends and family sale right now and get 25% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. See site for details. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert. And I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert. And I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. So what do people get when they listen to The Late Show Pod Show? Let's, let's sell this thing. The extended moments, for sure. Because we run out of time for broadcast, but we have plenty of time on the podcast. It's kind of like being a live audience member of the show because you get things that no one else hears. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Accenture overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. Welcome to the Olive Podcast. I'm Janine, Olive's Deputy Editor and Podcast Host, and each episode I'll be catching up with chefs, cookery writers and characters from the food scene in Britain and beyond. Join us each week to expand your food knowledge as our guests share 10 things we need to know about the specialist subject. And do listen out for our effortless bonus episodes where they also reveal their top cooking cheats, hacks and shortcuts. I'm delighted to welcome Sue Scott to the podcast today. Sue is a food writer and recipe developer whose work we've been lucky enough to feature in past issues of Olive Magazine. Sue's also about to release her debut cookbook, Rice Table, a personal collection of recipes that explore her Korean roots through her modern home cooking, as well as the classic dishes of her childhood. Welcome, Sue. Thanks so much for coming today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's lovely to see you in person because I know we've done a lot of email back and forth. Yeah. But yeah, it's so nice to put a face to the the, um, the email. So could first of all, could you tell us a bit about why you wrote the book? I mean, I've been dipping into it for the last few days. And as well as many lovely recipes, the writing is absolutely beautiful. And it, it feels like a really personal book for you. Yeah, I think up until sort of having my daughter... I never actually thought about my identity as Korean. But I always think when you become a mother, your viewpoint just changed completely. Mm. And the prospect of life and who you are as a person. And I started to question because I have um, dual heritage child. She's half Korean and half British. And I just didn't realize what made me Korean at that point and how I was going to be able to offer her that other half of Koreanness, yeah. if you like. And I think it weighed really heavily on me just 
the responsibility of not only to raise this child well, but also to nurture her with the heritage that she inherited. And it started from there. And yeah, I think I just kind of starting to realise the importance of actually, in order for me to pass on the culture, Mm. I have to be clear about who I am and where I'm from and understand my roots. And at that point, I was just so busy wanting to integrate into British culture. Yeah. I just didn't know where and how I can reconnect. Yeah. And food just felt like the most tangible thing. So I suppose book is just a fruition of all of that soul searching, if you like. And I think that's why there's a lot of personal stories that I just felt so important to tell a sort of tell her that story this Mm. is why I'm here and this is how it all started and this is what happened and that's why how I didn't feel like I was Korean at some point and thanks to her I'm starting to rebuild that relationship with my own culture it's 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 a weird thing yeah I mean it's an absolutely it's a stunning book and um I think the intros you know you talk a lot about your family and your food memories and and how they connect and then how then you had to take that because like you said it's not going to be a book of well love family recipes it's going to be a book where you you go back take the memories and then re, you know try and connect through recipes that you've written and developed and yeah yeah because i think sometimes what i realize is i have those very clear memories mm. and some of the memories quite faint and whilst I can remember the taste of it so vividly in my head, to recreate, I think it can be quite difficult. So also I realised that my kitchen setup is completely different yeah. to my family <laughs> yeah. kitchen setup. And my taste has changed too because, you know, I got to the point where I have lived in London for longer than I have lived in yeah. Seoul. So I have been exposed to many different um, Mm. cuisines as well as Korean food. And I guess I just wanted to be as truthful to myself and to my kitchen. So there are recipes that are very traditional that I wanted to make sure that is is there to continue. But also there are dishes that I perhaps tweaked a little bit to suit my kitchen and also, I think cooking is about just making sure that it's all doable yeah. so everyone can enjoy it rather yeah. than intimidating them with this multiple steps. <laughs> yeah. So I just wanted to keep a good balance, really. Yeah. I love that. Let's talk about some, you know, well-known Korean dishes. Okay. Because um, one of the points you wanted to make was that there's more to Korean food than fried chicken, bibimbap and bulgogi, which is which is what we hear about a lot because you know as it becomes more and more popular tell us a bit about that when I was um thinking about Korean food Mm. and have a conversation with other people it was all always about those dishes (laughs) and it's amazing I love it I love fried chicken I mean everybody knows but I guess what I really wanted to celebrate was sort of maternally led Korean home cooking kitchen where you know daily dishes are just put out there for you from out of nowhere and out of 
barely nothing at all. It's very um, seasonal. It's ingredient focused. There's, there's just so many varieties of small dishes and different flavors and textures beyond those three dishes yeah. that we know. But also it's highly achievable because, yeah. you know, it's done daily by just ordinary home cooks. Yeah. Generally speaking, I think when I was growing up, it was mainly female in the kitchen doing a lot of those things. But now there's this changing. Mm. And, you know, everyone's just trying to really just enjoy. Yeah. Enjoy the cooking, just daily cooking. Yeah. I think you said in the book that your your mum did most of the cooking, but your dad seemed to have the inside track on where to eat out, like in yeah. all of these amazing restaurants, like down side streets that you would say you would just walk past, but he was like, no, no, that's where you get the best barbecue. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, like in London, they say taxi drivers know yeah. where to eat. <laughs> so my dad did um, a lot of driving um, with his work because oh, okay. he was delivering lots of um, big goods and yeah. stuff like that. And he knew, he just literally knew everywhere <laughs> for that one dish. Yeah. Because in Korea, all the restaurants specializes in, uh, generally speaking, specializes in one thing. Yeah. So he knew where to um, get the best noodles, um, where to get this amazing beef barbecue, yeah. where the meat comes fresh. So, yeah, it's it. there was a really good balance. Yeah. Um, I think my dad treasured a good taste, whereas mm. my mum really... Um, appreciated daily cooking yeah back to cooking and you say salt and water is your best friend are we talking sort of in brining and fermenting here no okay good actually just (laughs) i was um, trying to second guess (laughs) (laughs) that that is very good guess actually yeah because the fermenting starts with salt and water no actually i was going along the lines with seasoning um, and um water i think water is better than really bad stock or sort of you know, the just ordinary, maybe not ordinary is not a good term, but I'm thinking if you get sort of okay-ish stock, yeah. don't spend money on it, yeah. but just use a water. Use water. Yeah. I love how you can build the flavors with right. other things. And sometimes the bad stock can really impart unnecessary flavor yeah, that you because don't you, want to you don't know what it's made it can be it can be like salt heavy and kind of fake herb heavy con it so, exactly yeah. and a lot of things tend to have um lots of flavors that doesn't necessarily belong to asian cooking sometimes yeah. if you're doing asian cooking um so i always say just use water if you don't have stock it's cool. fine yeah and salt just season i think we often really under season our food and just season as you go along. Right. You can always add. Yeah, can't take away. <laughs> yeah. And also salt brings a lot of flavor, yeah. doesn't it? Like just a little sprinkle of salt at the end can just make all the difference in yeah. cooking, I think. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. yeah. But you do, You, I mean, I, I, I read um, a recipe that you've got for, which sounded really intriguing, a sesame and salt dipping sauce. Yes. That's such a lovely idea. So I think you said it's a third sesame, a third salt, a third, I can't remember what the third thing was. I think it's sesame seeds, sesame oil and salt, isn't yeah, it? That's yes. it, yeah. And I just thought, God, that sounds gorgeous for just dipping things into yes, as well. Yes, yeah. So that is often you have it with grilled meat yeah. to dip or you can add a little bit of garlic to the sauce mm. and dip some steamed or boiled chicken. Yeah. Um, 
it just because a sesame oil is so aromatic mm. and it's just really savory, especially Korean sesame oil because it's a roasted. There's a really deep savory flavor to it. Yeah. And with salt, it just adds a lot of aroma, but a lot of deep flavors. Yeah. It, it, it goes particularly well with beef. And is that particular to Korean eating where you would have these little condiments and dipping things to add little bursts yes, of flavor? Yes, yeah. So I think Korean food is very much like DIY. Yeah. So there's <laughs> lots of different elements that are laid out yeah. in front of you. Mm. And it's very communal eating experience, I think, generally speaking. But you can mix and match and do, you know, just build those flavors to yeah. suit your taste. Yeah. Um, some people like it really spicy, so they might um, naturally go more towards um, spicy dipping sauce. But others may go towards more savory um, sesame oil, like you just said, or just simple salt. Yeah. Or nothing at all. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's such a fun. And I think what I love about it is there's, Exactly the same elements laid out in front of you. Mm. So you feel like you're eating the same thing. But you just get to make it mix and match whatever you want. Exactly. Yeah, and like make that. your own. Cool. Next, we were going to talk about alliums as building blocks. And in your book, you talk about how the smell of frying onions is a particular sense memory for you. You know, your mum frying, frying onions for the base of a dish. And alliums are so important. I know like onions, garlic, leeks, chives, spring onions, they all play their part, don't they? Yeah. And um, so in in my shopping list, yeah. I always have two bags of onions yep. <laughs> and a couple of bunches of spring onions and garlic and ginger always have that on standby. Because actually, if you have those ingredients with a little bit of oil, because fat brings a lot of flavour, mm. You can just build so much flavour and you don't really need um, much at all. And I think this is not just for like Asian cooking. No. It's generally across border. Everything, yeah. Yeah, like I love Italian food and I cook sort of simple Italian food quite a lot as a sort of weekly rota. Yeah. And those just starts from really, you know, finely chopped onions or garlic, whatever dalliums that you have, and slowly sautéing, not for five minutes, but just for like 10, 15 minutes until it really caramelizes and softens. And it just releases so much more flavor that is naturally sweet and just very savory. And I think for me, because of those slow frying onions, evokes so much past memories yeah. it immediately relaxes me <laughs> so it's kind of like a kitchen therapy yeah you don't want to rush that but I do that I get you know you can get the onions on because I think that once the onions are on and in the pan there's still another 25 minutes to, to do all the rest of your chopping because yeah. that's what they need to sort of do their thing exactly so it's quite nice you get them on and then you're right you just get into the little groove of prepping the rest of your stuff. Yeah, and sometimes, like, if I don't know what I'm cooking, yeah. <laughs> I just do that bit. And then, you know, you decide whether am yeah. I going to make a soup or yeah. am I going to make a pasta or am I making stir-fry? Yeah. You know, just decide after yeah. if you're unsure, but start with good onions or garlics yeah. or whatever that you have. <laughs> yeah, love that. Elevate every morning with Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear. 
the luxurious support of Second Skin guarantees everything will go smoothly. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Shop Tommy John's friends and family sale right now and get 25% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. See site for details. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Can we talk briefly about some of the other building blocks of Korean cooking? Because at the start of the book, you've got a section called Making Friends with Korean Ingredients, which is a lovely phrase. (laughs) (laughs) And you actually say, you know, it's not it's not that complicated or, uh, you know, the, the ingredients that you might not be familiar with. It's a small list. Um, The ones that I saw coming up again and again in the recipes are um, gochujang, doenjang and gochugaru. Um, So they, to me, seem to be like three that are that would be good for people to get in their store cupboards. Yes. So um, I call it trio of jangs. Yeah. So it's a very basic fermented condiment or ingredients Mm. that we use in Korean cooking, and it's the basis of all the building block of the flavors. Um, so, a gochujang is a fermented chili paste, and it has a sort of smoky, a sweet, spicy, different spice levels depending on what you can get. And that I'm seeing a lot in major supermarkets Me now. too. I saw some in my local co-op the other day and yeah. I was amazed. I was like, wow, they've got this whole Korean section now, yeah. which is great. Yeah. Um, and depending on the brand themselves, they offer different spice levels. Okay. So you might want to um, try. check yeah. and try what you like. But it doesn't impart a really hot flavor it's more very gentle, smoky, sweet flavor with a bit of spice. And once you understand how to mix that with other ingredients, um, such as if you want to enhance the sweetness, you might want to add more sugar. If you want to um, bring out the liveliness, you might want to add vinegar. Um, if you want to loosen it up, loosen it up with water or oil. You know, there's a lot of different ways that you can use, but I think you can learn it by trying it. Right. And that, you can use it on its own, or you can then start layering the flavors with other two jangs. Okay. <laughs> so doenjang yeah. is a fermented bean paste. The I think I found the easiest way to explain to people the taste of it is like, think of it as um, 
very friendly twin or cousins of、uh, miso. Oh, okay. I think it's、um, more similar to like red miso、mm. or barley miso. So it's a bit more deeper, punchier. When you cook it, it has got smell of. To me, it smells like、um, parmesan. Oh, because it's got that like funky umami yes, kind of. Yes. Yeah. So you know, like when you put parmesan rind into a yeah. soup, and then you have that smell. That's a great way to imagine that、yeah. smell. Yeah. It's like that, but with a flavor of. Sort of like a miso. Yeah, I guess. it's not miso, but because I know people are so familiar already、mm. with miso,、um, but it has a deeper, punchier, much saltier taste. Yeah, and when you add gochujang and doenjang together, the marriage between sort of really salty, punch taste、mm. with、um, sweet, spicy, smoky notes. Wow, it's just so <laughs> lovely. I mean, you can overpower it. But it still tastes good. Yeah, and then you can add layers of another saltiness. Okay, that's when we move on to kanjang. Kanjang is a Korean term for soy sauce, so that's true of jang. And gochugaru is a chili flakes. The flakes, yeah. Where you can add heat. Oh, okay,、yeah. that has got sort of like a pure、um, fruity,、mm. spicy heat. Which is quite similar to、um, like Aleppo peppers. So, again, there's different heat levels, so you can choose from what kind of heat levels that you want to use, and that would be purely for adding some heat、mm. and to balance out. If you just use them,、um, say soy sauce as a base, you might you might want to you might want to use. Little bit more of a chili in there to、mm. add a bit of heat to it, but it's just a case of thinking about what you want to accentuate yeah. more. Yeah. So start with one thing that you like, and then you can just build、yeah. upon. It is really not easy.、Uh, it's really not difficult. Difficult. Yeah. It sounds like it's a really good entry point. Yeah. As as you know, having those in your store cupboard because they do last, and you、yeah. know they're not, and then you know. Having、yeah. a bit of an experiment, making some of the recipes. Yeah, I, I, I really do think when people say、um, something is difficult, like cuisine, that、like、Korean food is really difficult. Yeah, it's the case of just familiarizing yourself、mm. with just the basic ingredients, and once you start understanding the individual taste and how you can combine those two、mm. with what you have. I mean, you can just do anything. It's not <laughs> difficult at all. If I can do it,、yeah. I think anyone can do it. <laughs> yeah.、Um, seasonal and regional is something that we strive for and we talk about a lot. And I know that's something that's that's really important for you as well, isn't it? Yes. I think one of the things that I found it quite fascinating is, say, like something like Italian food is really well known for regional cooking. Yeah.、Um, Korean food is highly regional. But it's a very underdiscovered or underexplored. Absolutely, I think we're only just starting to see, like, for example, I know in the last couple of years, regional Indian being championed. Yeah, and that took a long time to filter through.、Mm. Um, yeah, so tell us a bit about the Korean. So,、regions. a Korean food, and I think this goes back to、um, earlier. We talked about Korean food is more than just a、um, fried chicken. Yeah. So Korean food is a very Regional because Korea itself 
is surrounded by the sea, mountains, and the land. So depending on which part you're exploring, mm. the food changes its intensity and seasoning and the way that how it's presented. Mm. Even the exactly the same dish can taste so different. My father comes from um, Seoul, yeah. but my mother is, um, she comes from sort of West Coast borders not not too far from Seoul but still that there is a lot of influence of the sea so they use a lot of fish as a base mm. or salted fish as a seasoning enhancer whereas if you go right down to south of Korea you're going to see more use of um, fish product because that's what's abundant yeah um, and I think it's it's not only um, a seasonal driven by the location, but also because they have to work with the climate. Yeah, of course. They have. And I think it's so sad. Sometimes I feel like it's such a shame that all the food is just focused on very limited um, ranges of dishes that you can get anywhere. But no one has been able to really highlight the slight no. differences and I think once you start understand how it can change, the whole wild, wide world of rich and vibrant culture of Korean food just opens up. Yeah. But yeah, so I suppose I always wanted to highlight that Korean food, it, it, it's very regional too. Yeah, you need to be seasonal. there like championing it and pushing forward and yeah. making sure. I, I mean, have you have you experienced any restaurants that are, that are doing that? Around? No, you know, I think I feel always a bit upset that Korean food scene in UK at the moment seems still quite limited. Right, okay. I feel. Um there is a gap. Obviously, there are um, amazing Korean chefs championing this modern Korean cooking yeah. in UK food scene. And they are amazing. But I'm talking about very middle ground, you know, available for everybody for kind everybody, of restaurants. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it exists um, to really present the culture the yeah. for what it is. Um, maybe I mean I guess if you look at the um, like Thai food scene, yeah, it's getting so much better, and they champion in the regional food. Yeah, that's true. And it's translating much better in mm. this country um, with the authentic flavors. Maybe you know it will happen with time because mm. I think UK Korean food scene is catching up very slowly but steadily. Yeah. So I'm very hopeful. That it will slowly build and happen, yeah. and maybe you know we will we get to really experience what um, it's like. Like yeah. those 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 part different parts. Yeah, if we keep talking about it, maybe eventually it'll exactly happen. exactly. <laughs> so there's an intro to the barbecue section where you talk about your dad eating the radish water kimchi that comes with the grilled meat as a, as an add on. Um, and he exclaims, and I'm probably going to get this wrong, she won harder. Yes. And and that's an expression that's all about, as far as I can tell, a sensation caused by eating in the body, but not through the tongue, like through the body. You you can explain it because it's it's quite unique, isn't it? Yeah. To... So Koreans, um, Korean language, because well, another thing that I always feel fascinated yeah. by is the language. Yeah. Because um, Korean language seems to have a lot of terms that explains 
this sensation received through body rather than the tongue. So yeah. when you taste food, what it does to your body. So shiwanada, it's um, the direct translation would be something like cooling or okay. refreshing, but it's more of it's a taste, but as well as how it feels in your uh, body. Yeah. Um, and cool, although it translates as cooling or refreshing. It's regardless of the temperature of the food, so that it can be really, really hot broth, <laughs> but can be still refreshing. Okay, so it's something that um, creates a kind of all over body sensation. Kind yeah, of just thing. kind yeah. of relief of this yeah. sense. Yeah, but yeah, there's so many of those words <laughs> that describes, and I think for me it was such a unique moment of joy to. Yeah. Rediscover those words while I'm working on, um, you know, my book. Yeah, just kind of realizing how much I have forgotten about my own language. Yeah, and how forgetting the language can really disconnect you from um, the culture itself. Yeah, but yeah, it's been joyous just. Realizing those small, cute words that describes all of yeah. these things, and it's nice that you that those words exist where they're not easily translated, um, and you know it means something quite personal to you and quite personal to career to career and to yes. Koreans, where it's sort of like something that belongs to you. Yeah, because you know if somebody were to translate that as "oh, refreshing" or "cooling," yeah. it wouldn't have the same yeah. sort of feel. It's one part of it, but it isn't the whole thing. Exactly, yeah. and I really wanted to um, add those moments to just bring a joy to people yeah. Yeah. and. <laughs> You know, hopefully if there's any Korean um, immigrants reading this book, yeah. then they'll find that joy, yeah. hopefully. It, it's just fun, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's just really fun to say. Fun. You mentioned broth then as a thing that, that's important. And you said um, bubbling hot broth equals Korean soul food. Tell us about the broth and why it's so important. <laughs> so when my husband and I met and he was introduced to Korean food, he was quite surprised just how much broth we eat. And whilst it's steaming hot. Interestingly, my daughter's exactly the same now. She likes her food very hot. Really hot. Yeah, yeah. like hot. She would rather <laughs> blow the food frantically mm. and eat while it's hot than cold or at lukewarm yeah. temperature for her age. And it's interesting because I think those were the moments that I felt like that's that's a Korean in yes. <laughs> yes okay there are moments of doubts but she's definitely <laughs> Korean um, and I think I don't know whether maybe it's because Korean winter is so cold yeah. but we seem to have this really strong culture of um, soups and stews but we also enjoy in quite plentiful so one serving would come with quite a lot of broth okay and I think maybe it stems from, it's only my guess, but I'm understanding because Korea kind of struggled with this history of war. Mm. And there had been loads of invasions where the food scarcity was real problem. And I think perhaps maybe it stems from those culture where they wanted to bulk out the food to feed 
feed the mass, I yeah, suppose. And to feel like you were, you were, the broth keeps it going, doesn't it? The yeah. idea of swallowing and eating and filling you up. And, yeah. And, and, yeah. And you can always give more because, you know, it, soups and stews, there's always plentiful. You can always make much more than what you can do if you want um, during that kind of cooking. Let's talk a bit about, um, how do I pronounce this? Ban, banchan? Mm. Banchan. Perfect. So it can mean... A single small dish or a selection of small dishes? Is yes, that right? Yeah. Exactly so it's right. Got the dual thing, yeah. Yeah. So I had um I discovered while I'm doing the research, mm. Banchan culture in Korea is always translated as side dish. Ah. And I wanted to kind of change that because it's it not is a not side, side dish, dish. No. If you think about how a meal table is um assembled there are multiple um, small plates in the middle with maybe a choice of um, soup or stew that you either share or have it individually. Yeah. Soups are always served as an individual bowl, but stew will be in the middle to share. To everyone with a spoon to help scooping themselves. out. Yeah. Themselves. Um, and... Those small collective dishes that are put together is to maintain the balance of flavors and textures within that one spread. Okay. So it's merely a side dish to support the rice, but it's more of um, a dishes that focused on it's it's very ingredient focused. Okay. To celebrate the flavors of, of the seasons yeah. and those ingredients. And rice is just to kind of balance out the saltiness or sweetness or tartness or freshness, all of those flavors mm. that are available. And I just felt so sad when it was translated as a side dish because, no, it's not, not. side dish. <laughs> um, I'd rather, I think it's it's rather appropriate to call it maybe like, bit like tapas, mm. say, for instance, yeah. because it's a lot of different flavors going on in a very small portion sizes. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's super fun. But it can be one thing or it can be collections of many things. Because in the book you said it's not, you know, don't think you have to be making 10 things and then, you know, all at once you, there's things that you can make and have in the fridge ready. What what sort of dishes would we have in, in Bancha and what what? Just tell us a few. So um, a seasoned spinach is a really easy thing that you can do. Uh, So if you think about some of the basic banchan dishes Mm. as like a batch cooking experience, and you're going to have that, each element available in the fridge to um, sort of take you through the week, if you like. So a seasoned spinach, really good um, dish to have. A spicy radish salad. So you just make a big um, amount and that can be added onto rice or just used as a side. And then things like um, egg rolls, we often make um, rolled omelettes. Okay. And that also can be kept in the fridge and you can eat cold. Yeah. Um, potato dishes, we eat um, many different variations, mm. but it's made in sort of reasonable batches and then kept in the fridge and eaten over the course of like two to three days. Okay. A tofu keeps really well yeah. as well. So I think what I'm remembering as a child growing up is my mother always kind of prepared sort of different flavors and textures 
on a Sunday, mm. made Tupperware full of those dishes <laughs> and then put it in the fridge. Yeah. That would keep us going for the rest of the week. And she may top up with fresh sort of grilled meat or fish mm. every day. So whilst she didn't do intensive cooking daily, there was always fresh things mm. coming in each day to make it more different. Yeah. And it's a lovely way to eat because it's um, it's a healthy way to eat as well because yeah. you're getting lots of variety and lots of diversity in the different dishes, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. I found working from home, it's got sent. Yeah. It's great because <laughs> it's there and all I need is rice or sometimes I'll just have, um, you know, a piece of meat or whatever mm. or tin tuna, mm -hmm. you know, just mix it together and then it suddenly becomes a salad. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Um Okay, next we've got another word that I wasn't familiar with, sonmat, which translates, is that right? Yes, Which sonmat. translates as hand taste. Yes. Um, so this is the flavour the cook brings to the dish, as in the actual cook, the hands of the cook. Yes. Explain more. <laughs> it, it's so fascinating, isn't it? Um, so a lot of Korean cooking is done by hand. Yeah. When you see, especially when you see it, like um, a pasta grannies. Yeah. You know, they yeah, do a lot yeah, of hand yeah. things and their hands are amazing. Um, a lot of Korean cooking, also Korean mothers and grandmothers, they do a lot of cooking with hand. Mm. And it's some of the things that, it, it's one term that I um, understood very early on because my grandmother, maternal grandmother, did amazing cooking. And I spent a lot of time with her as a very young child in her kitchen. Yeah. And it's to do with um, the touch of fingertips and then the temperature within oh, that hand. Okay. And the um, a bacterial culture that lives in that hand. Wow. How it can amalgamate the flavours into something that is very unique to your home. Yeah. And whilst I never quite understood the term like this at the time, as I sort of grown older, I become to really realise why that was such an important part of Korean cooking yeah. because um, in Korea there is a saying that every home has a different taste kimchi Yeah, um, because I think we all put our hands in to make to these massage things and, yeah. and spices into the cabbage and, yeah. yeah I mean whilst we're all gloved up gloved, yeah. I think it's the touch how we massage those ingredients to extract the flavours yeah. or to manipulate mm -hmm. the, te the texture um, in the book, I say a lot about, um, especially the banchan dishes that are focused on vegetables, yeah. tossing. Do it with hands. Do it with your hands. Because once you start to understand how you can manipulate those vegetables. And you can feel where it's at, what yeah. stage it's at, or how if you want to massage it to soften it a bit, you yeah. can stop when you need to. Exactly. You know? Like cabbages especially. Yeah. If you massage more, the more water comes out mm. and then, you know, there will be different flavours been coming out of that. Whereas if you just mix it with um, a spoon or chopsticks, mm. you may not get the same effect. Yeah. It's it's fun. Yeah. I think it, it's just it's just sensory fun as well. And it's about magic as well, isn't it? Because it's love that goes in from your hands. And yeah. it's like, you know, it's person. It, it's like the person making it that it tastes like that because that person's making it and they're doing exactly. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think when I cook 
the dinner for the family yeah. with love. Yeah. With time. It <laughs> tastes better like rather anger than and rushing. Haste. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the days that I cook in a hurry and in a rush, stirring. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. not saying we can't always control it. But no, we, can, we no. can we can try our best. Can't exactly. We? Um, okay. If people were going to cook from the book, what would be a couple of recipes you'd you'd recommend as a good starting point? Oh gosh, um, I can say my favorite recipe. Yeah, tell me your favorite one. <laughs> my favorite recipe, which is quite um, on the um, unknown dish. Yeah. It's in meat chapter, bossam, which is um, poached pork belly wrap. Oh, yeah, I saw that one. That looked great. I grew up with that dish, yeah. like smelling of that dish yeah. throughout my childhood because it was one of my father's favorite. And my mother cooked amazing um, bossam. And for me, it's just a celebration of communal cooking, eating. Nice. And all those lovely, wonderful flavors. And yeah. Koreans love pork belly. I love pork belly. And it took me a long time to arrive in that particular recipe. Yeah. That felt a little bit of my mother, but also a lot of me. Yeah. So I love that. I, I would really love it if people cooked that dish. Fantastic. And another dish would be spicy radish salad which goes very well with that okay so then you have the you have the pork belly and the radish salad and wrap it up and yes yes. exactly i love the sound of that one that's great well thanks so much again for everything you shared with us today um just a reminder the book is rice table korean recipes and stories to feed the soul and i checked and it's available to pre-order now so people can get on it um What's the best place for people to follow what you're up to, Sue? Uh, probably Instagram. Um, You've changed it, haven't you, too? Yes. Um, I've been encouraged to um, change because people... So it's easier for people to find me. Yeah. So, so now I'm at Sue Scott Food. Yep. And that's S-U Scott Food. Yes. Just with no E. Um, yes. That's great. So thanks again for coming to chat to us today. It's, it's been brilliant. I've learned so much. Thank you for having me. Good luck with the book. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Olive Podcast. For recipes and more information, head to olivemagazine.com. Do remember to listen out for our effortless bonus episodes where our guests reveal their best cooking cheats, hacks and shortcuts. And don't forget to subscribe at iTunes, Acast, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.